Hey, welcome everybody once again to uh, Growing in Grace Together. I'm Joel Brzezinski, very, very special uh, person to me, joining me today, just kind of having a, a good conversation about hopefully some really good things. I'm sure I'm sure that as we talk with my uh, friend here, Mick Mooney, when, we, when you talk about God's grace, Mick, and about uh, God's love, how can it not be exciting uh, to chat about and, and to uh, to listen to. Uh, so Mick Mooney, my guest today. How you doing, Mick? Yeah, fantastic, mate. Thanks very much for uh, having me on the show. And you're correct. Uh, you know, this may possibly be the, the most amazing conversation people have ever heard. So, you know, I'd, I'd be excited. <laughs> yeah, well, well, thanks, Mick, for, <laughs> for, <laughs> for all of this, for doing this. I, uh, recently read your your brand new book your brand new book is out uh it's called god's grace apart from law and uh in some circles you know you know in some circles in christianity probably a lot of them that's got to be a controversial topic i mean to to you and me to people like you and me and probably a lot of people who are listening it's yeah it's this is the stuff. This is, you know, God's grace apart from law. We live our lives apart from law. But yet, I think there are a lot of people in the church who would, huh? You know, question that. What do you mean? Uh, God's law is right there in the Bible. So aren't we supposed to, aren't we supposed to follow God's law? Have you come, you know, come across that type of sentiment? Or do you kind of see that in the church today? Um, You know, I, I got one email that someone kind of went along that line and, and, um, that was that was the reason I wrote the book, really. I mean, um, there's there is a, a lot of talk uh, within the Christian community around the world about the grace of God and and what's happening and and uh, the new covenant of grace and we're not under the law, um, which is is incredible. Um, but I think a lot of um, a lot of people that have not kind of um, really seen that yet, or or God hasn't really opened that revelation to them, can. Um, not understand a one sentence, you know, if 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 we just say, you're not under the law, we don't have to be under the law, um, it causes people, I think, um, to become quite defensive because they don't understand it. And um, and that's why I wrote the book. The book is, uh, is a really in-depth biblical look at the first three chapters of Romans, and it really goes, you know, almost verse for verse um, to unpack what was Paul talking about, how is it possible that we are under grace and and not under the old covenant law and um, and import what I found was most important in my studies of Romans was that Paul was not just trying to explain the reality of grace he was actually trying to explain the true purpose and the true understanding of the law because when you see that um, then it becomes easier to really accept it and that's where I think God can really start to you know bring huge revelation into the reality of grace. Right. Yeah, I, I think, that, you know, what you're saying there, I think I've found that, you know, one of my favorite words, I guess, at least th- that I like to get down to when, when talking about God's love and grace and everything is the word foundation. And, you know, that Paul is kind of setting a foundation that this, if you, if you don't understand the foundation, then everything that you build upon is going to be wrong, is going to be off. If you don't understand the foundation of what the law really is about, the, the purpose of the law, you know, being the ministry of death and condemnation, being what brought bondage, being what was against us and contrary to us, that it, that God didn't give the law in order for 
people to think this is what we need to live by, but really so that people could see that uh, they can't live up to God's holy and perfect standard. If they don't have a foundation such as that, then they're going to miss and they're going to build on whatever foundation they have in kind of a wrong way. And so you end up with you know, one of the things you talk in your, in, about in, in the book, uh, one of the chapters is called Clarifying a Mixed Message. You end up with this mixed message of law and grace, and you end up kind of going off of what the person of Christ and our relationship with him is really all about. Yeah, right. Um, and, you know, that's that, that whole thing of clarification is something that, you know, it's really so important because people, um, they find it, a lot of people find it difficult, all of us at one point found it difficult to understand what, why do some people, why, why are there some people out there that are just really talking about God's law like it's a terrible thing, like it's a bad thing. And um, what I clarify in the, the book is, um, like Paul said, Paul said, look, the, the law is holy and good. The law is good, but if you think about it in the wrong way, it's going to actually cause massive condemnation and spiritual death to you. That it's your understanding about the law that's important. And, mm-hmm. and the, um, the imagery that I kind of give or the example in the book is um, John the Baptist, his ministry was hugely important. And it was holy and it was good and it was awesome. And we thank God for John the Baptist. But mm-hmm. if we think that John the Baptist's ministry was meant to continue alongside Jesus, that would be a very destructive theology to have. Right. We need to understand John the Baptist was given to make the way for Jesus. And once Jesus came, then John the Baptist says, hey, follow him. You know, I must become less. You know, that he's the reason I came to point to him. And uh, John the Baptist is, a, for, in my mind, he's a t- typology for the law itself, that the law was given to make a way for the Christ to be proclaimed and ultimately to come. And then once the law um, fulfilled that role of leading us to Christ, now its job is done. Um, but if you go to John the Baptist and ask him still, how do I live? Give me instructions. Um, obviously, that would be a terrible thing to do. And so it's true with the law. If you go and try to look at the law and say, how do I live? Give me instructions. Then this is a, a really the wrong way of understanding the law. Mm-hmm. And, the, you know, if we can allow ourselves to, um, to just follow Christ, um, then we can say, you know, um, I thank God for the law for it's fulfilled its purpose, but now I can live by the Spirit. Now I can follow Christ. And what's interesting is, you know, when Jesus came and John the Baptist said, look, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world, um, some of the disciples turned then and followed Jesus, but not all of them did. Hmm. Right. You know? And even though John the Baptist was actually saying, follow him, the disciples, some of his disciples said, no, we want to keep following you. Now, you know, this is the, the challenge that we face now. We are now called into the life and the spirit, you know. This is where we walk with the teacher in us, Christ in us. And uh, it's very destructive if we think, no, no, the, the Bible outside of us, the Bible that we can read to get instructions from, that's that's our hope. And uh, that's the book is trying to say, look, we're not um, saying the law is bad or wrong, but we want to understand it in its correct way that we can then be free to live the life that we are called to live, which is a life of the Spirit. 
Right, life, life in the spirit, and and I think somehow, you know, that is missed in the church today. And so I think a book like this, and and just the whole the whole message of of the proper understanding of the law, and then uh, the proper understanding of the the fact that there are two covenants represented. Even when we get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, a lot, you know, Cap and I have talked a lot about this on our Growing in Grace program a lot. That uh, you get into Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it's called the Gospels, and and it's be the beginning of what we call the New Testament. And so a lot of people will read that thinking that as soon as you start with Matthew, then this is all New Covenant stuff now. But we miss, of course, the fact, like what you're talking about, that John the Baptist was still operating and ministering that old covenant. And it, and again, it was for a purpose. It was for, like you say, a good purpose. And I think that's a great point that you bring up, by the way, that the law is not bad. The law is not this evil, monstrous thing. The law is good, just, and holy. And it just simply had its purpose. And its purpose is not for Christians, but rather to lead us to, to lead to the ministry of Christ, which of course is the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of life, the ministry of righteousness, not our own righteousness, but God's righteousness given as a gift and his life in us. And you say, as you say, the life of the spirit. And that's all something that the law could not do. Uh, what do you, um, what do you think about the, um, this, this brings to mind as we're talking about John the Baptist and, and even Jesus, at times teaching what seems like teaching the law, like uh, it is said you shall not commit adultery, but I say if you look on someone with lust, you have committed adultery in your heart. And uh, would you, how, what, what do you think about things like that, the Sermon on the Mount and, and Jesus teaching uh, the law? Is this stuff that was meant for Christians? Is this stuff that was meant under that old covenant? What do you say about that? Oh, well, I think... Um... <sighs> I've always kind of believed, you know, that understanding the the Gospels in terms of Gospel Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John um, is the last thing we'll really understand. Um, first of all, we have to understand um, what what Paul was talking about, and let me just explain that. Then I can explain the the, the answer that mm-hmm. I have. Um, you know, Paul was actually um, given the the message. Of of the gospel, the gospel is is um, you know the good news of God's grace, this incredible reality of what Christ has accomplished for us, and and it was Jesus's ministry to establish that to be a possibility for us, but it is Paul's ministry to explain it to us, and um, Jesus didn't explain the gospel to us, Jesus established the gospel to be a possibility for us, but it you know the Bible says that Jesus himself called Paul and then he actually spoke to others and said, this man is my chosen instrument. And, you know, and uh, when I read that a few years ago, you know, this is what's taken me on this whole journey of really trying to understand the life of Paul, because why did God do that? Why didn't Jesus just tell the gospel? You know, mm-hmm. um, why didn't Jesus just explain, uh, explain it all? Um, and I think that basically, um, you know, what, what Jesus is saying um, in the Gospels is a lot, um, you know, it's a lot of uh, what, first of all, we have to ask, what is, where is Matthew in Revelation? Where is Mark's Revelation? And so I think there's a whole lot of stuff that happened after 
um, in the book of Acts and all the way through Acts and in the, the life of the, the early church um, that the, you have to understand all that stuff to then look back and say, well, what are these writers trying to explain to us in, uh, in the gospel? So I don't think it's really black and white, to tell you the truth. I mean, just mm-hmm. to make a point, um, when did, when did um, Peter understand the gospel? Uh, when did all of the apostles that followed Jesus, when did they understand the gospel? Um, as far as I can see, they didn't understand the gospel until the Council of Jerusalem. Right. It wasn't while they were walking with Jesus. Right. I mean, it's, it's eight years after um, the cross, when um, uh, it's about Acts 10, right, where Paul or Peter goes down to um, Cornelius' house. And, yeah, you've got Peter, you know, this great evangelist. He's praying every evening, you know. He's like the, the picture of, like, a faith guy, you know. <laughs> Lord. More souls, more souls, you know. I want to win more souls for Jesus. And he can't stay in Jerusalem. He wants to travel and get everywhere. And then say, more souls, more souls. And, you, you know, he goes to a house, Simon's house, and uh, he goes upstairs to, to pray. You know, you, you love Peter, you know. He goes upstairs to pray and falls into a trance and starts thinking about food. I've done that as well a few times. <laughs> but um, God gives him a vision. And God, you know, this whole vision of... Um, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. And he says, never, Lord. Uh, and he says it to him three times. And, and Peter actually says something really interesting to him. He says to Peter, uh, no, Peter says to, to God, never, Lord, I have never eaten anything unclean. And uh, God, God's response to him is, don't call anything unclean that I call clean. Hmm. And I don't know if people have really thought about this, but I imagine Peter's response was something like this. Uh, Lord, you're the one that wrote it in the Bible (laughs) and told me it's unclean. And it's amazing that God was revealing something to him in his spirit that he could not understand if he simply just read the Bible. Hmm, When he just read the Bible as paper and as words and tried to quote it, it's very clear God does not want us to eat unclean things. But then God says, well, you know what? You're never going to understand the Bible if you just try to read it to understand it. Hmm. You've got to listen to my spirit. And my spirit is telling you, don't call things unclean that I call clean. And, and the point that God was getting at, of course, was, Peter, you keep on asking me to, to lead you to, so you can preach the gospel so people can receive Christ. And I'm leading you to all of these Gentiles. But Peter, of course, goes, but God, you know, that's not the gospel. Uh, What do you mean? The Gentiles can't be saved. It's not the gospel. And so this is eight years later. This is several years later, yeah. Yeah, He doesn't know that God, the new covenant, actually is for everybody. You know, he thinks, no, the first of all, when he says, I've never eaten anything unclean, he's making this really clear statement. I'm a law man. God, I have not broken your law. I am obedient to your law. And also, he doesn't even think that Gentiles are going to be saved. And then he goes to that house, and he walks in, and he says to them, you know, God told me to come here. I would never step foot in here. But um, he told me to come here as a, a vision, as a huge divine thing that happened to me. Now, can, can you tell me, um, what am I doing here? He still doesn't have any idea God wants him to preach the gospel to them because his mind is so stuck in a different understanding of the gospel that he could not allow himself to actually see what God's doing in the Spirit and leading him into these new ways. And so 
he's thinking in his, his wrong understanding of the gospel. The gospel is about being obedient to the law and the gospel is for Jews. And then God now is revealing to him where Cornelius says, hey, God appeared to me and said this and that and that. And then Peter preaches the gospel and they all get saved. The Holy Spirit comes and fills them all. And then Peter gets a revelation. I, know, I now know how true it is that God does not show favoritism. And, uh, and that's where Peter just gets the, the revelation that actually the gospel is for everybody. You know? mm. And so um, I think that, um, and then he's, then everybody doesn't get it until Acts 15 when, Pete, when um, the Pharisees, they go up to um, Paul's church, basically telling everyone, unless you get circumcised and obey the law, you're not even saved. It's about the law. And they go, of course, down to, to, uh, um, to Jerusalem. They have this big meeting. Every prophet, every um, pastor, every apostle, all the leaders of the church, they all come together. They've just got one question to ask. What is the gospel? Is the gospel grace but also law? Or is the gospel grace alone? And nobody agrees it's grace alone except Paul and Barnabas. <laughs> and they all go at it. And everyone thinks this is our big moment to slam Paul for his her heresy. And then in this moment, that's where Peter stands up. And Peter says, quiets everyone, and says, you know that neither we nor our forefathers were able to carry uh, this yoke of the law. We all failed. And now that we have Christ, should we put this yoke on people, on Gentiles, when we couldn't even do it? He says, no, we believe we are saved by the grace of God. And you know what's interesting? is that is the last time you hear from Peter. It's as if the writer Luke was showing us Peter's journey from the first, to the, from the first chapter to the 15th chapter of someone who is full of faith, loves God, but does not understand the reality of grace. And then when he gets to chapter 15, he stands up for the truth of the gospel in front of everybody. And, uh, and um, you know, that's the last time you hear of Peter. And I think that... Um, you know, I'm kind of babbling on here, but I think when you go back to the, um, to the Gospels, you have to understand that Luke wrote Luke, Mark wrote um, Mark, and they were friends with Paul in Rome at the end of his two years stay together. Um, and so they're all, they've all gone on this huge journey of revelation. You can imagine being in a church where the entire church is believing the wrong thing about the Gospel, having a meeting together and everyone expects the pastor to, to slam these few guys preaching heresy and then the Holy Spirit coming and revealing to the entire congregation, actually they're preaching the truth. It is by grace alone. And then you have to kind of imagine what it's like for this whole community, you know, and then when they continue on, what are they going to be interested in trying to explain? How did, how did we get to this point? What What did we do wrong? You know, and so... I think that um, you can't look at the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and just try to quote the, the words in any hope of knowing what they mean. You know, I think it's, it's just deeper than that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like um, I was explaining to a friend yesterday. Was trying to, I was trying to explain this, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing to explain, but this whole point of we can't just take a, a Scripture and say, see, that proves our point. Right. You know, this is what happens often. People just throw you a scripture and say, there, there goes your whole theology, right, because of this scripture. But even, it's amazing, you know, like um, Jesus, you know, Jesus says, 
uh, is it on the, um, the Sermon on the Mount? Um, if someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to him the other, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so here's Jesus standing up and saying to everyone, okay, look, everyone, it's how it is, you know, God's kingdom. Someone slaps you on one cheek, then turn the other cheek. And <laughs> what's amazing is when this actually happens to Jesus, he doesn't do that. The guy slaps him in front of the high priest, and Jesus turns around and goes, what did you do that for? <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Good point. What did, you, what did you do that for? I said, well, it's a bit of back chat from Jesus, isn't it? Jesus, what happened to the other cheek? You know, and so it's not so simple. You can't just quote something without trying to understand the context of the whole story and, and looking at everything all together. And, and that's what I'm trying to explain is when I, when I study the Bible, I'm looking at the entire story. I'm not trying to look at one scripture to prove a theology I have. I'm, I'm kind of looking at the entire Bible and saying, okay, God, you know, we've got to go on a huge journey together if I'm going to be able to understand your message in here. Mm-hmm. And it's been huge. It's been seven years of, you know, I would say full-time investment of my, of my life trying to understand the gospel and understand the heart of God and understand what's going on in the Bible. And, and so... You know, it's hard when we have, um, when we try to we try to um, defeat each other's theology by quoting a scripture. You know, I, I think it doesn't work. You know, it's it's so much deeper and and more difficult to to explain things. You know, and and I think you know conversations. You know, kind of like this, uh, kind of like what Cap and I do on our program. And when you can, when people can sit down and talk things out and, and realize like, uh, you know, one of the words you use there was journey. You know, we're all on this journey and realize that with each other, each of us, we're on a journey. I don't have, I don't understand everything completely. I've probably only scratched the tip of the iceberg in my lifetime and you don't understand every, everything completely, but we can kind of talk this stuff out together. And what, it's it's not so much what I say, it's not so much what you say, and I'm talking about any two people or more who are in a conversation with each other, but it's what does the Spirit reveal to us through our conversations and, and through however He wants to do that in the long run, in, in, this, in this journey. I mean, that's something that's taken me a long time to really learn. It's, you know, I've kind of got the head knowledge of it, but... Um, it's okay, you know, like like with Peter and, and his example, taking him years before he uh, even really got it. And, and even then, you know, probably took some time for that to sink in and for him to really understand what was going on, uh, what the gospel really was. And so we can give each other some, some space and some room to breathe and... Um, and it's, you know, in this, in this internet age where it's, you, you don't get a whole, you know, you get a lot of people typing and you see words. It's kind of hard to do that. I've tried to do that. Sometimes I still do, but I realize that it's okay if, if I don't get it and if, and if, and if people don't have everything resolved in a, <laughs> in a, in a conversation that goes on there, but the journey and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal things to us over a period of time. It's all right if we don't get it all right here and now. Yeah. Well, we need time, you know. A lot of people question, why didn't, um, why weren't the Gospels written uh, straight after Jesus' death? And uh, why did they take 40 years or whatever, 30 years before anyone wrote them? And um, and I think, well, because they wouldn't have been true. That's, that's why. Sure, yeah. I mean, what would happen if Peter sat down in Acts 1 and wrote the gospel. What do you, what do you think the gospel would have been to Peter? Then, mm, you know, mm-hmm. what about if you wrote it in, 
five years later? What about eight years later when he's at Cornelius' house? You know, um, you know, he's got a, a bigger revelation, but he hasn't got the full revelation, you know. And, and so, you know, the apostles that walked with Jesus, they thought they knew everything when they knew nothing. And by the time they get to the point where they knew a lot, um, they had changed in their approach of how to share. And I think that's what happens is, is we, um, we start off, we want, um, we want to prove our point, our theology or whatever. And we do that mostly when we don't really know what we're talking about. Um, that's when we're the loudest. Um, and the more we learn and the more we realize how we didn't really see that, we didn't really understand that, it, the more we recognize, wow, I actually have got, God's showing me heaps of new things that I never thought about. And, and I think as we mature to the point where we can really help people grow in the, the gospel, we, we have changed ourselves and um, become much more graceful and understanding. Um, you know, when I look back at how I was a few years ago, um, you know, I was really gung-ho, you know, about something that is true. And it still is true, but my approach has changed because I realize um, people don't need information. You know, they need, um, they need to, to be heard and they need to have a real relationship uh, with somebody and be able to see the, the gospel in their life, you know, and then God can kind of do something. And so... Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that's one of the challenges with things like Facebook and stuff is um, it's awesome. And there's so many great things that go on on Facebook. Uh, um, but there's also that danger of just trying to, uh, I've got to correct this guy, you know, mm -hmm. that's so wrong. Mm -hmm. But uh, how are you going to correct someone you don't even know, you know, and, and they don't even care either, you know. And so um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I've got so much to say. Um, but I'm just I'm just trying to to do it in a way that um, that really can explain the point. I mean, this is just one point, grace apart from law. But I wrote a whole book about it, and it's because I think it's important for pe people to be able to sit down that are interested in my view and uh, and 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 read it and and see my points. You know, because it's, it's really. Um, I think it's 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 really grounded and very. Um, I try to make it as clear as possible, and also um, try to write in a way that is expressive of what I believe. But I'm not telling people, you know, what you have to believe. It's more. And that's what I like about studying the life of Paul because um, it's my interpretation of how Paul saw things. You know, and people are we uh, are welcome to disagree with that. You know, mm -hmm. I I don't try to. You know, I'm not trying to, to teach someone. In fact, someone, um, um, I was speaking with someone the other day, and they asked me, um, they asked me about the gospel, you know, and they had read some stuff from me or from someone else uh, that was con contradictory to some other stuff people had said, some other preachers, and she even said the, the grace preachers. I don't know, even know what that means, but, you know, I guess someone that really is, is preaching this whole revelation of grace apart from law and stuff. Um and she said that she struggles because she doesn't know what to believe because th these other um, preachers were saying something that's contra contradictory. And and I, um, my response was, you have to, the, the challenge a lot of Christians have is th that we are so used to listening to somebody, a man or a woman, tell us, mm -hmm. teach us, 
that when the Holy Spirit tries to teach us, um, most often it's it's opposite to what we've heard. You know, the, this, and, and that's a challenge because then people think, I can't listen to that voice within me because it's it's not the same as what the voices outside are telling me. And they're the proof. The pros, you know, they're the they're the teachers. You know, <laughs> I got I got my first revelation of that kind of understanding of that years ago when I was sitting in in church and and I had it had been um, probably a year or two that I had since I had really begun to get kind of a a grace revelation and uh, but still wasn't quite getting everything but was was really learning and it was really an exciting time and I was sitting in our uh, our church it was I'll, I'll just label it as a legalistic church just just for a conversation's sake. And uh, the, the pastor was was preaching a message, and I, I would always bring, in fact, I got it in front of me, not the exact one, but I got a, a yellow tab or a tablet that I make notes in. And as he was preaching, I was writing stuff down, and then I got, I got through a whole page, and I looked at it, and I realized everything that I'm writing down here is the opposite of what he is saying. <laughs> and I thought, yeah. that and that... that stuck out to me that you know I, I love the guy and I you know I haven't seen him for years but you know he was uh, I love the man but I realized that everything that I was being taught there was contrary like just what you said was contrary to what the Holy Spirit was teaching me and so we do put our faith I think a little bit too much in what a man says or in what a woman says and in what somebody else says rather than letting the Holy Spirit teach us and guide us. I get the, you know, the same kind of questions from people. So-and-so preacher taught, teaches this. Um, what do you think about that? And, and, you know, I don't mind responding. I, I tell them what I think, but I, I don't, I don't try to say, well, that person just wrong. And that person just, but I just say, here, here's what I think about that. And, and, and I let people know, don't take my yeah. word for it. This is just yeah. my thoughts. You're welcome to them, and uh, you, you know, seek the Holy Spirit for yourself. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the challenges. Like, I think that w what we need, anyone that's, anyone that feels called to be a teacher or um, in the body of Christ, you know, I think it's ultimately um, we need to give people, and people need to be able to feel this in our message, in our teaching, that... Um, that you don't need anyone to teach you. The teacher is, is in you. And um, I see that in the life of Paul. His whole message was about trying to establish people in the confidence of the Spirit. Um, once people get confident that the Spirit is in them, once they're confident that the Spirit loves them, that it's, it's a, you know, God is a Father in them, that the Spirit is teaching them and counseling them, and you, you can trust that voice um, then things can really start changing in the life of a person, you know, in the life of a Christian. Um, but um, when you have teachers or preachers or whatever that are trying to put down this whole spiritual authority thing and making themselves the ultimate uh, point of truth, you know, um, it just brings condemnation, I, I feel. So I, you know, I, I don't like, uh, um, you know, I don't, I don't like listening to anybody really. Myself included, <laughs> but um, and I don't I don't search for preachers and stuff and, and things like that. Uh, um, but it comes about, you know. It, you you find people, the the spirit leads you to to listen to people, and maybe it's just one time, maybe it's a lot. You know, I've got some people that that read everything I I write and listen to everything I do and stuff. Um, 
And I've got other people that um, that listened to one message that I, I shared with them once and their life really was impacted by that and they never felt any need to, to listen again, mm-hmm. which is great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not exactly. like... You know, we're not in this whole thing of like making disciples. It's like, no, man, get established in the gospel and 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 that's it. You know, preachers and teachers and stuff that that build you up and after you've listened to them or, or read something from them, you feel stronger in the spirit, you know, you feel stronger in God's love. I think that that's really what um, Paul's ministry is about. And I think it's the ministry of all all of us, you know, to help people walk away and go, I can trust the spirit. You know, it's true. It's uh, in the... Um, yeah, I mean, but I mean, we're all trying our best, you know. I guess it's a we're all just doing what we can. And um, now, like I said, I've got a lot of stuff that I would love to share, um, and I'm just trying to take the avenue of okay, maybe once a year, twice if I'm particularly <laughs> um, speedy, um, to try to bring out a book. And then people that that are interested in my point of view or perspective. Um, they can read it, you know, and then they can decide for themselves. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. that's. I, I just, I like, I love your heart in all this. Um, you, you're uh, so far um, uh, apart from the the typical. Um, we were talking about this a little bit before we recorded here. That you know, the self promoting uh, minister or pastor out there. Not that, not that you and I don't want to try to, you know, let let people know that our stuff is available but it's not as if we think that man people just have to hear what we have to say otherwise this world's going to you know hell in a handbasket or whatever but it's it's just the idea that we know that god is at work in us we have things to say and uh, we make them available available for people and if um if it interests them that's wonderful and if not that's wonderful too because you know we're not it's it's not up to you and me to save the world it's not up to you and me to to set everybody straight it's just uh we just have what god has put in our hearts and uh we go ahead and do that well mick um we've kind of <laughs> we, we didn't really we didn't set a a time limit in stone for our conversation here, uh, I told but, just to just to tell everyone out there. I said to Joel before this pod, uh, podcast or interview, "Tell me how long we have because <laughs> I will not stop talking. I mean, I'll just go on." But anyway, I think you said about twenty minutes. What, what, what are yeah, we up to? We, we said maybe you know let's maybe do two or three in twenty minute segments, and and, and then I, you know I was like, but it's okay if we don't stick to that because. It it really in the long run it really doesn't matter, <laughs> but mm-hmm. but uh, so maybe I don't know if um, if if you if you have more stuff you want to share that uh, maybe we can um, end this one for now and and do another one that we can make available to people. Uh, I don't know what kind of time yeah, you I got today. I think it's good. You know, um, I think you brought up a, a few points at the end there that were probably good to to discuss a little further because I think it's um, interesting for people to to hear and also hear up. Our perspectives on that so yeah i'd be great to do a, another one if you've got time sounds good yeah we got ready. time we've always got time yeah. <laughs> all right well thanks everybody this has been growing in grace together again mick mooney uh that australian guy living in germany these days uh, with the uh, searching for grace comic book and uh, his new book of course god's grace apart from law we've got um another book from mick that's called his very first book look the finished work of jesus and um what was the uh, what's the other one called the um 
The gospel cannot be chained. The gospel cannot be chained. All of that available for Mick. And before we wrap up, where's the, where's the best place for, for people to find out about Mick Mooney and all of the stuff that you do? If you go to, um, if you're looking for the books, you can just, I mean, go to my website, searchingforgrace.com, and the links are all there, or just go on Amazon. But can I just say quickly, Joel um, is not just, you know, a total legend in every other way, but he also narrated my first book, Look, the Finished Work of Jesus, um, that I'm just giving away for anyone that buys my new book before Christmas. So um, if, you ha if you do buy the book, please send me an email. Just do it through my website, searchingforgrace.com, so that you can also get um, a free audio book that Joel um, was kind enough to, to narrate. And as you, you, you just listen to Joel's voice, how beautiful it is. So, yeah, I've got a really that. good voice to listen to. This is how I sound on the book. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Mick. We'll be back with uh, another uh, episode of Growing in Grace Together with Mick Mooney. Thanks, everybody, for listening.